can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPolcito, and the Celtics fall 91-82 to the Los Angeles Clippers. And what an ugly game this was. Going to break it down, same as usual. Run through player of the game, run through some of the highs, some of the lows. And uh, we'll focus very heavily on that section of today's podcast. Uh, and then we'll wrap up. Talk about the Phoenix Suns games, which wraps up the 2021 year heading into the new year. Hopefully new year, new records, uh, because it is pretty ugly for the Celtics team. Three games below 500. But to get things started off today, I want to start player of the game. And that goes to none other than Robert Time Lord Williams. Uh, Good game for him. That's it. You can't really say much much else about this. Everyone else really struggled at times. Time Lord didn't. End of the night, 16 points, 14 rebounds, an assist, 10 offensive rebounds. 10 offensive rebounds. And he was just killing, killing this Clippers team uh, on put-back dunks, alley-oops, whatever whatever was near the rim Time Lord was coming down with. Uh, really just an impressive game. 8 of 10 from the field. Again, most of, the, most of his points came from put-backs, came from alley-oops. Just a really, really strong showing. We saw him fall in the fourth, uh, really head-first, uh, uh, diving after making a, a smart leg play, and... I thought, he, I thought he was going to be in concussion protocol. He hit his head hard. And fortunately for the Celtics, he was able to return. He went to the tunnel for a little bit, uh, but ended up coming back. So fortunately, it wasn't a, a big injury. Uh, it was something he was able to come back from early, which is good. Uh, but outside of him, there weren't a ton of great performances. You look, Jalen Brown had 30 points. Uh, eight rebounds, but he shot 13 of 36, which is just really bad. Like 36% from the field. Oh, uh, one of 13 from three. Just like, and we'll talk about the three-point shooting in the back half of this because it was just abysmal all night. Uh, but Jalen Brown, I mean, sure, he put up 30 points, but he really, really struggled from the field. for him. Uh, Just, you know, it's not, it's not good. He got, he got into the lane, made a couple of massive, massive buckets late in the game on great drives. Uh, He got out in transition a lot early, like a lot early. Uh, And it was, it was good to see, like he was running the offense and it looked fluid to start. It didn't stay that way. Uh, the shots just did not fall tonight for this team. You look really like there wasn't there wasn't really another solid performance throughout the rest of the team. I would say Broderick Thomas honestly was a sort of bright spot, not really from a shooting standpoint. He only contributed one of five, but I think the minutes that he played were solid. You know, individual plus minus. I for individual games, I don't really put much stock in. 
but you look, the Celtics played well when he was out there. Plus 16 tonight. He was one of three guys that had a, a positive plus minus. Um, and again, individual game plus minus doesn't mean much, but he did have a couple of really solid plays. You saw the the long rebound at the end of the f- either first or second quarter. Uh, I want to say it was first. He had that long rebound where he ended up sprinting up the floor and hitting what we thought was a buzzer beater, uh, which you know was a half a second or a tenth of a second too late uh, that they ended up waving off at the at the TV break. But overall, I mean, it's a fairly solid game for him defensively. He thought he played pretty well. Uh, had a couple solid like backdoor cuts, good couple good passes. Not a bad performance from him. You know, a guy that clearly has not gotten a lot of time. Uh, but that's about it. That's about it. Peyton Pritchard, subpar game. Al Horford was okay. His shooting percentage was horrible also. Uh, so honestly, it sounds like I'm already digging into some of the negatives here. Before I dive in uh, full-fledged and go through all of the negatives, I want to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that will make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. The NHL got rid of ties in 2005, so you know someone's going to light the lamp. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, no worries. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, guys. Time for a new favorite sponsor alert. Venture Greens Nutrition. Venture Greens Nutrition is changing the nutrition game forever. They offer one-on-one coaching where they build macro-based diets to get you moving in the right direction. As great as the coaching is, what I love most about Venture Green Nutrition is their line of CBD products. They have tinctures, salves, beard care, and gear. And the best part is, all Venture Green's Nutrition's products are formulated and manufactured in their own facilities in the United States. Check them out at VentureGreensNutrition.com. Use code CELTICSTAKE15, that's CELTICSTAKE15, for 15% off. You won't regret it. All right, so this segment will not be fun, uh, but let's dive into it. Celtics today, again, lost to the Clippers in a really ugly game, 91-82. So the offense clearly just wasn't moving. Uh, but let's talk about why. Celtics 
three-point shooting today was the worst I've ever seen. Ever seen. Uh, Four of 42, which is 9.5%, which is just absolutely disgusting. The Houston Rockets last year hold the record uh, for worst three-point shooting performance of all time. Four of 45, which is 8.9%. Uh, we were four of 42. So we were three attempts off of the worst three point shooting performance of all time. It's just, it's really, really bad. Uh, you know, and I'll give, I'll give a little bit of props, a little bit of credit to Grant Williams. They came, they showed a stat during the game today that Grant Williams leads the NBA in corner three point percentage at 55% which is incredible. Uh, but then he's also second in the NBA in three-point field goal percentage in general from wherever uh, at 46% behind Keldon Johnson. 46% on the season for Grant Williams. Uh, he shot two of three today. Two of three from three. He was the only one that made multiple. Jalen Brown made one. Sam Hauser made one. Jalen Brown also just happened to go one of 13. But you look at this, like, this is just ugly. 4 of 42. Take out Grant Williams on the night, and they are 2 of 39. 2 of 39, which is just, like, unfathomably bad. 5%. 5%. Listen, I know Grant Williams has seriously stepped up his game, but he should not be the best shooter on this team by far. And tonight, it looked like that. Boy, was this just an ugly, ugly performance. We saw Sam Hauser get in there. He took three threes, made one of them, which again, compared to the rest of the team, fantastic. Shot 30%. Like, it's just Al Horford, 0 for 7. Pritchard, 0 for 5. Romeo, 0 for 3. Josh Richardson, 0 for 5. Tom Broderick Thomas, 0 for 3. Like, it's just a, a bad, bad shooting performance. And it brings me to my next point. When is enough enough? Like, I know that this is the modern-day NBA. I know that teams need to shoot threes in order to win games. But when is enough enough? When does the coach, when does Udoka look at these guys and be like, this isn't your night. Take another three and you're sitting on the bench. Like, I get it. If they're wide open, sometimes you have to take it. But at a point, like, even if the wide open ones aren't falling, do you still go to it? Guys like Jalen Brown, like Grant Williams, that have proven at least over and over this season that they can shoot it, I get it. I get it, right? But tonight, nothing was falling. And, you know, you look at the rest of the season. This has basically been our season. We take, you know, a lot of threes. We're towards the top of the league in threes taken. And we're near the bottom of the league in three-point percentage. Not a good stat. Not a good place to be if you're in the NBA right now. Uh, but that's a reason. There's the reason that we're three games below 500. This three-point shooting is absolutely abysmal. 
This is a depleted Clippers team. Like, no Kawhi, no Paul George. Uh, sure, Marcus Morris really stepped up in that in this game and played well for them. But this is a depleted team, just like the Celtics, obviously. Uh, the Clippers had more guys out. And this is a game that I, I feel like I keep saying this. This is a game that the Celtics should have won, but they could not capitalize. It's just a, it's a bad shooting performance overall. Like even from the field, 35%. Like 35% from the field. We took 100 shots today. 101 to be exact. The ball wasn't really moving. You know, there were actually... Honestly, I can't even really say that. I feel like the Celtics moved the ball fairly well. The assist numbers were down because nobody had shots. Honestly, I don't think that this was a, a terrible game. We did pretty well on the glass. We got out in transition. We didn't turn the ball over. But it comes down to making shots. And this team just could not do that tonight. Like historically bad. Like it really is. It's not a. It's not a bad performance. The fact that we only lost by nine, and that was at the very end, where things kind of got like that. We were. We had this as a four point game with a minute left, and it just kind of collapsed, which it typically does. That's basically been the story of this season. Uh, but overall, I mean, Celtics out rebounded fifty to forty nine. The Clippers. Offensive rebounds, 21 offensive rebounds to 9. 19 to 17 on assists, 8 to 5 steals, 8 to 4 in blocks. We had half as many turnovers, 13 to 10 in fast break points. We beat them in every single statistical category. Basically, 54 points in the paint for the Celtics, 26 points in the paint for the Clippers. We beat them in almost every stat. But the final stat that counts the most is three-point percentage. And it's not like the Clippers shot lights out from three. Like, they shot 39%, which is very good. But it's not lights out. Like, the Celtics have had games this year where something just hits, something clicks, and they go out and shoot 50%. It's happened. This wasn't one of those games for the Clippers. It's I mean, it's a good game. Don't get me wrong, but it's not a oh my God, this team doesn't miss. They didn't take a lot of threes and they hit They hit a good good chunk of them. So it's just a, it's a tough loss. And I'm saying that for, you know, probably the 19th time this season. Most of the losses have been tough at this point. You know, it's very clear that the Celtics need some sort of shakeup. And a lot of people want to jump. They want to start blaming Adoka and, some of it's fair, some of it's not. Like at the end of the day, taking too many threes is one thing. That's something that you can put on Ime Adoka. Shooting four of 42 or shooting, you know, nine and a half percent, that's on the players. Like Adoka's not on the court. He's not taking these shots. Can he tell them to get their head out of their asses and start driving to the rim more? Sure. What's he going to do? Is he going to take, you know, a guy like Jalen Brown out who scored 30 of your 82 points today? Is he going to put someone else in? Who's he going to put in? Joe Johnson? Like this is, this is just a, it's a bad situation that we're in, right? We don't have the depth. 
when you're looking at games like this. This is a situation where we're dealing with a lot of 10-day contracts with guys that don't really belong in the league. Like Aminu hasn't played in the league in a while. Joe Johnson hasn't played in the league in a while. Hernan Gomez has just continuously showed us that he is not very good uh, this season. Jabari Parker, fairly same thing. Pell, G League player. Like none of these guys really deserve playing time. So what are you going to do? Adoka's backed into a corner, and there's really not a lot of fighting options. So I I don't know what to say. I've been asked a bunch, like, how do you fix this team? The answer isn't easy. Like, there's a reason that the Celtics are a 500 ball club the last two years. You know, Danny Ainge, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw a ton of fault on him either. I think he did a, a horrible job of building out depth. He brought on way too many draft picks, guys that just did not pan out. But at the end of the day, you've got Jalen and Jason. And the whole goal needs to be building around two pillars, as they like to call them. The problem that I feel like we're all seeing at this point, and I don't I don't want to say this, but the problem that we're all seeing right now is that we can't seem to get them on the court playing well at the same time. And whether or not that's due to COVID or whether or not that's due to the fact that they just don't play well together still remains to be seen because the fact of the matter is we haven't seen them on the court together much. Like we've we saw a couple really really solid games where they both went off, but that's it. A couple, a couple games where they played well together. The majority of the other, the majority of the games this season haven't been with both of them on the court, and some of the games haven't been good. So the question still remains: What do you do? If you're Brad Stevens, and I'll say this again because I've I've brought it up a bunch at this point, but if if it were me in the GM chair, and again, obviously I'm not. Brad Stevens is significantly more qualified than I am, but Dennis Schroeder is the first one to go. Bring in another guy or draft picks that you can toss in a trade. This team, I think it's clear over the last couple games at least, that Peyton Pritchard can play significant minutes. Tonight was a bad shooting night, sure. It was a a fairly poor game for him. Dennis Schroeder's had plenty of them. I do think that Dennis Schroeder has played well for a good portion of the season, but Peyton Pritchard has shown that he's capable of doing it. So my first move would be getting rid of Schroeder. Whether it's bringing back you know, a first round pick or, you know, two seconds, that's draft, that's trade capital, right? Josh Richardson, as well as he's played for the majority of this season, he's probably out. Juancho Hernan Gomez, he's probably out. Those are good salary matchers. Like those are two guys that make pretty good salaries. Match them up with a couple picks, which you get from the Schroeder trade, And you can actually bring in someone that can help this team. And we're talking in the 20 plus million dollar range. 
Like, this is a guy that can legitimately come in and make a difference. And it needs to be a guy that is a, a team-first guy. And I'm I'm on board with bringing in a, another point guard, like a pass-first point guard, potentially moving Smart into a, a bench role and giving Pritchard some time, you know, from a shooting standpoint. And honestly, at this point, I'm also open to trading Smart. I've been a, a huge Marcus Smart supporter this season. A lot of people have, you know, given him crap. And it, some of it's justified, some of it's not. Again, it's just a, it's a weird, weird season. Celtics fans love to pick on someone. And because Grant Williams is actually shooting well this season, they can't pick on him. So Marcus Smart is the next victim. Uh, toss him up there. But honestly, at this point, he's another one that makes $17 million next year. Like his salary is good matching salary. And I don't know if this is going to happen this year. I don't know if it's going to happen in the off season, but either way, like these are guys that you can trade. There is a market for these guys. Dennis Schroeder needs to happen this year. I would not be surprised if it happens before the deadline to a team that has contending thoughts. Right, because those are the only teams that are gonna that are gonna look to trade and get something from him because they think that he might be the missing piece. So I don't know. That's where I'm gonna wrap things up. This is a frustrating game again. Celtics again fall 16 and 19 on the season, three games below 500. There are a lot of questions floating around about this Celtics team at this point. Uh, a lot of unanswered questions, and I'll continue to dive in after each game. Uh, that's where we're going to leave things off today. If you haven't done so already, follow me on Twitter at NBA Celtics Guy. Make sure to follow the Facebook page, Boston Celtics Till I Die. And make sure to follow the podcast. Subscribe, rate, review, anything helps. Uh, have a good night, Celtics fans. We will talk to you Friday against the Suns. It is a 1 o'clock game early to end the 2021 year. Have a good night, Celtics fans. I can't help it. I'm all like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. I'm all like a Celtic. I can't help it. I'm all like a Celtic.